Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. We were also streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au, and that's where you'll be able to find the podcast of this program at a later date. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of the land we're recording on today, and I pay my respects to their elders, both past and present. And good morning, Ed. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, listeners. And once again, we're... What have we got? We've got our... Our physical discipline, discipline, and, and staying away from lots of people, but we're still keeping our social connection, aren't we? We are. I socially connected with someone and went for a walk at one point five separation. And it was wonderful. In a way to do it, and I'm yeah, well, I've been out getting pin cushioning again, but getting all the right things done to keep me going. And that's one of the areas we're once again talking with Colnick Area Health. And in a way, this is a a bit of a follow-up for the the last conversation we had with Maud Berry, who works in AOD at at, uh, Colnick Area Health, because today we've got... We have Tamara Holmes with us, and she's a social worker there with Colnick Area Health. So, good day. How are you, Tamara? Good, thank you. It's really wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. Now, how are you? You're isolating, but you're not... You're being socially connected too, I hope, but just being physically distant. Absolutely. I think the physical distance um, phrase is really important. We do need to stay safe and be calm and cautious, but it's really important to almost increase our social connections through this period. Oh, very so, much yes. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking after that. I'm at home with two kids and working still a little bit at the hospital a couple of days a week, but um, working it all out just as we all are. Yeah, how's it going with the two kids? Are they school age or...? They are. They're seven and ten. It's going pretty well, but I guess I I am lucky in that my expectations are low. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the way to set them, do you think? I think if you set them low, you can't be disappointed. Well, you're not a teacher either. No, I am absolutely not a teacher. And it's not not school. (laughs) It's not, and teachers do such a valuable job, and I think they're working overtime to really provide us with the tools to remote learn, but we can only use the tools that... um, we, we, we can at that moment and if we struggle a bit it's okay to put the tools on hold okay i've seen the people in the street and the, you know a bit after school time and they're still with mm. the children have got their uniforms on have you got that with your children as well they're gorgeous oh mine are pretty hit and miss to be honest they um have put them on a couple of times but they've taken them off a couple of times you sort of got to roll with the punches at the moment i think because there's such a dynamic life we're living Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess in that spirit of connection, if I can keep connected to the kids and and have some good times through this, I think um, we're we're learning as we do that, as well as doing the schoolwork. And they have to feel good about what's going on. That's what it's so important. Mm. Yeah, and I think what's tricky for kids is they're missing all their normal people. Like we see my my parents quite a bit there in Hamilton, so we're not seeing them at all. And this would be the longest period we haven't seen them for for quite some time. So Mm. I think for kids, it's a big adjustment to that. And can you have FaceTime with them? We do. We're Zooming, actually, every Friday night with my extended family. So that's lots of fun. Um, but it does. It, it's challenging as well because you need to have access to the internet and have some technique, tech, technology skills, which sometimes you don't have. That's true. Uh, yeah. I thought your children, isn't it, Brent, we always say, you know, if you want something done and you're an oldie, you ask one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. They are pretty, <laughs> they're pretty 
pretty tricky. They hid some apps the other day that downloaded Cooking Fever without me knowing, and I was like, "How did you do that?" And they're not, we're not sure, but I'll. <laughs> so it's all a challenge. Cooking Fever. Oh, I like that. Cooking Fever. It's a little app where they cook in cartoons. <laughs> oh, okay. And have they taken over your kitchen then? Well, pretty much the virtual kitchen and the real kitchen. Yes, we've been doing a lot of cooking at home, and I figure that covers maths and it also covers reading. <laughs> it sure does. It does actually. Yeah. You've got a good story oh, about yeah. that. One of your one of our grandchildren. One of my grandchildren was very tricky and didn't want to read and, and write and do her oh. maths and was trying to be tricky with her mother. And I said, oh, well, there's a way around that. So I gave her a beautiful cooking book for her birthday and an apron. Fantastic. She was fantastic with maths and working it all out and producing beautiful food, which was a bonus. And now she's 21 21 and taken over the kitchen there. Oh, she loves cooking. Well, we're in the same boat. I was on a Zoom meeting for work the other day and the kids are being very good when I'm talking to people most of the time. And I came out, though, and they'd made custard and put green food dye in it and we're having goo. So that was interesting. <laughs> green food? Oh, I don't want to know about that one. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Now you, you, we, I think I did. Way back when we started, I think I said you're a social worker yes. at Colac Area Health. What does that involve? Um, look, I do a range of things, to be honest. Um, so part of my job, I do intake for children and family counselling. And um, I've also been a children's therapist in the past. So that's um, a really interesting part of my job. A what therapist? A children's therapist. So oh, straight out kids. children's, okay. Yeah, yeah kids and children, uh, kids and teenagers, actually. Um, so I've been very lucky to do that for a number of years. But now I do mainly staff support and plus I do some parent support as well. Oh, that's fabulous. And I've got to tell you that I did have a bit of a look to try and find you. I did find an article with a photo of you back in 2000. Oh, right. <laughs> but I also managed to find an article that's written specifically for really for the time that we're going through now, managing fear and worry in times of uncertainty. And I think it's quite an understatement to call it a time of uncertainty now. But For sure. What is for that sure. all about? Um, I think what I, I think you're right. I think it is an understatement. Um, like everyone's going to be experiencing this in different ways, but we will also be experiencing it together. So that means that instead of some of us being able to, like you know, be fully switched on to support each other, we're all actually under a certain degree of stress, and that will vary from person to person. So I guess part of managing fear and worry is around looking at what you can do to look after yourself. So I've been thinking about you know within the two meters that physical distancing rule yeah. and all that exists in there is ourselves so if we can regulate ourselves and look after ourselves really well through this time it can help us deal with all the other stuff and that regulating yourself there um we with the conversation we had with mm. maud for example and prior to that we, we talked with Marin, uh, mm. Marin wake who works with uh, survivors of sexual abuse oh, with the young the the uh, the aod and the child abuse issues it sort of follows on with the way we're talking today that they can't you can't always rely on the person being able to do it themselves they have to put their hand up for it absolutely but we need the mechanisms around from within the family as well as from without the family do you think absolutely i think it's very hard to do this on your own part of um 
looking after yourself very much is getting those foundations right, like seeing good sleep and good food and exercise, but you can only do that with support. So I know that um, we were talking before about going for a walk with friends, so finding ways that you can look after yourself with support is so important. Um, and I think those issues, dr drugs and alcohol and mental health and recovery from sexual abuse, not lone activities. We need our tribe to be able to get through that. We sure do. And and we also ring up people that have been a bit quiet. So we ring up and say, are you okay? What have you been up to? Yeah, fantastic. And just being able to listen and show an interest, I think, through this period is so important. And little acts of kindness, like whether it's dropping off a, you know, even a note under someone's door to say day, or having a smile in the street when usually you might just go about your business. I think all those little gestures make a big difference. We actually had a funny little gesture where Eddie and I popped a, um, an Easter eggy type thing on. Mm. Yeah, we live in a set of units and we popped an Easter eggy thing for uh, each of the units and the elderly lady in number three only realised yesterday that the, where the Easter bunny had come from <laughs> because she's been isolating yeah. and, and then she found out where it had come from. So um, she, even though it's well after the day, the smile that was given to her is... Um, it's, you know, something to behold because it put a big grin on Eddie's face as well. It was wonderful. Absolutely. It's such a gift, isn't it, when we can do something for other people but also to let other people do things for us. And I think when you were talking before about asking for help, it's a sign of bravery to be able to do that. And I think we really need to reinforce for people that you're brave when you reach out as opposed to being, you know, not coping or not fine. Um, and that's okay. But that's one of the... I think that's one of the things that we talked about with Maud as well is that people in times of need... Mm. You mentioned the word tribe. I think we are becoming a little bit more tribal because of the crisis that we're in at the yes. moment. Yes, but I agree. people still are loathed because of the you know they've never been in the position to have to put their hand up and mm. people with mental health mm. um, can either a not recognize that they've got the problem and therefore don't put their hand up or people don't put their hand up for things like well we need food we need the basic necessities and that that mucks around with their head as well so people oh, are still people are still not putting their hands up appropriately do you think no, I, I just think it's really tough to put your hand up because we, we want to be seen as coping and we, we're full of pride too. Look, we want to be doing well. And to ask for help, I think, in our society is seen as a sign of weakness. So being able to do that is just so important and um, people really want to help. It makes us feel good when we help. So we're actually doing someone else a favour when we do ask. We are. We should. Yeah. You sound as though, well, now as I say, I found the article um, from 2000, so you've been working in this area for quite a long time. I have. It's actually been, even 2000, it's been longer than that. I actually have been working in the sector of welfare and community services since I was 19, so it's um, 40 I know, 27 years. I'm 46 now almost. So, You're um, still a baby. You're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's I know, yeah, but look, it's a wonderful journey and I'm really lucky. I was raised in um, country Victoria and my mum and dad were big community services people. Dad used to do lots of footy coaching and um, participation in the community and mum always worked with people with disabilities. So we were lucky enough to be around and with lots of diversity all our lives. So I think that's a very important kind of 
uh, value for us. So in those all those years you've been working in the area, Tamara, mm. you've seen a lot of changes. Do you think that a crisis such as what's happening now will escalate the changes and it'll be, it'll be sort of like computerisation, how that sort of went wrong and came in yeah. and we all had to change our methodology. Do you think the tribal attitude will become a permanent thing to change to it? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of really, if if I don't think about the emotion of the worry of big COVID-19, I am really interested to see what happens because it's almost like the world as a whole has had to take a really deep, long breath um, and and think about their lives and do things very, very differently. And we've changed really fast. So I was talking to a couple of people and they were saying in the sector, it takes a long time for change to happen. You know, big things have to happen. Whereas with this, we've all changed our lifestyles so significantly in a really short amount of time. Mm. I think it'll take us a while to make sense of that and be able to kind of look back and reflect because at the moment we're still quite heightened um, so therefore we're not able to you know make big decisions or it's a good idea not to make big decisions when we're under so much sort of pressure. Mm. Well that brings us back in a way to the pressure is off now and the change of uh, approach in that people don't have to walk in or they can't walk in so mm. all your counselling now is telephone counselling and who yes. is that actually for? So the, the team that I help uh, do intake for, we work with kids and families. Uh, so we've got counsellors for children under 12 years old and they have moved to online and on telephone. So it's very different. And we've had to all learn a whole new set of skills that we never thought we'd have to before because we love the face-to-face. That's part of what we enjoy. Mm. Um, so so it's that's, out sorry, that... but that's, an in, that's a very important part of it. So mm. are these telephone calls, are you able to do them with FaceTime or not? Or is yes, that... we do. Yeah, we use a whole range of different platforms. We've got something called WebEx and also Health Direct. Um, so that means that we can see on the screen and do our work that way. And we're having lots of virtual meetings. And um, I'm lucky enough, well, or unlucky enough, whichever way you look at it, to be able to go into the hospital and still work with nurses and things in terms of um, doing some staff support. So we're doing that face-to-face with physical distancing and following all the appropriate procedures. Um, but it is very different with kids and families. And we're doing some telephone support and FaceTime support with parents because I think it's tough to parent through this period. Oh, very much so. And, Mm. yeah, very much so. A change Uh, to... It's been a big event. It's not just a slow happening. It's been a huge event. And it still continues to be. It's almost like there's this... Uh, enormous thing going on in the background but we're all trying to live our lives as best we can mm. and I think with um, financial pressures obviously some people will be experiencing that in different ways uh, it, it adds to our relationships and also our usual things that we do to cope and whether that's going to the gym or um, exercising or catching up with a couple of mates they're, they're not available to us in the same way so it's dif- it's different to get a break or to um, use our usual coping strategies. Mm. So with the sessions you're having on the phone, how do they get mm. organised? Um, so people can call me directly to um, to have a session and we've got a couple of councillors who are available to do that and we give people a call within a couple of days to set that up and we usually, we're trying to be flexible to do that at a time that suits because... Traditionally, the nine to five obviously is the more appropriate time when work times are normal. But we're actually doing some sessions at night time or on weekends so that people can have a bit of space to be able to have that conversation because they're tricky conversations. Um, and it also means that um, parents can access that extra ear and know that they're not alone. That's wonderful. Because mm. mm. I think it's so important. 
And in doing so, I mean, you can't, you'd have to have an appointment time, I guess. Um, yeah, see, the process is when people call up, so my, my number's available for that, um, or email address, and I then give them a call back and say, you know, when's a good time? And I either do that conversation myself or um, book them in with one of the children and adolescent therapists, and then they do it at an appropriate time. So we're really flexible so that people can get the support that they need. That's wonderful. It's fabulous. And what, sort of, what are the main things that are coming through at this point of time? To be honest, the people who've called up, it's really um, everyday issues. It's not, um, it's going right, this big thing's happening. I've got to do homeschooling, plus I've got to work, plus I might have, I'm concerned about my elderly relative who's vulnerable or someone else in your life who's vulnerable. And it's really just being able to talk it through, have someone to listen and validate that what you're going through, it's a really abnormal event mm. and all our feelings are normal. So if we're feeling, you know, more anxious than usual or more worried than usual, that's really, really normal when we go through such a big thing and so many changes and quite often when you um, have someone to listen to you you, you mm. work it out yourself absolutely I think mm. that validation and also I think when we when we have that idea of racing thoughts or worries or feeling really overwhelmed if it's just in our head it feels huge and mm. it is huge it's not to minimize it at all but when we can share that with someone and get it out of our bodies it can help us just take a breath and go right okay I can put one foot in front of the other and this is how I do it. It, it reminds me of something my mother used to say, a trouble shared is a trouble mm. halved. And I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. Mm. Mm, very much so. And I think those those old, um, they're kind of like proverbs, aren't they? Or, or, yeah. or not, yeah, cliche is the wrong word because I think they actually say something quite poetic and mm. um, it, it's, it's affirming and it helps us uh, feel like we're not alone and that's important. That's very important. Now, I'll give you your number first. Um, yes. And as I mentioned to you when we had a little preamble chat, do you want to get one of the children in or both of them just to say good day and ask how they're going? Sure, just hold right, on for one so moment and I'll just grab them. And I'll just say that you know, we're talking with Tamara Holmes here and it's on, you're on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast where we are streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au. We're going to be talking with Tamara's children in a moment. But when you want to contact Tamara for any of the support for managing your fear and worry in times of our times of uncertainty, the phone number is 52325373, or you can email Tamara on T Holmes, and that's T Holmes as in Sherlock at cah.vic.gov.au. So that's T H O L M E S at cah.vic.gov.au or phone the number 52325373. Welcome back to Community Connect. We're on 98.3 here in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast. We we're streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au and we're having a chat with Tamara Holmes. Are you still lean out, Tamara? Yes, we're back here and this is my daughter Lenny to say hello. Hi. What's her name, hello. Lenny? Hi, Lenny. Lenny. How are you? Hi. Are you the older one or the younger one, Lenny? Older. How You're the 10-year-old. You? Yeah. Ah. How's it going, this schooling at home and being at home all the time, or no school and no mates? Um, it's fun, but a little bit boring not seeing anyone. What about your brother? Oh, she's got a sister. Well, your sister, sister, is it? Your sister. What about your sister? Can you have fun with her? Uh, Yeah. 
you want to tell them what you've done today? What have you been doing today? Um, today I've built a fort and done some schoolwork and watched YouTube. Fantastic. YouTube. Is this doing the YouTube with the cooking? <laughs> no, she just watched a little bit of YouTube. And she built a wonderful fort in the lounge room and they've snuggled in there and watched some telly this afternoon. I think that's beautiful. It's wonderful. How did you build the fort? Uh, we got chairs, a blanket and some mattresses. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Are you going to sleep in that tonight? Uh, tomorrow night when we don't have school. Oh, fantastic. I love hey, it. How come you've got no school tomorrow? Oh, it's long weekend, is it? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Because <laughs> tomorrow we actually go to school. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what school do you go to? St Mary's. St Mary's, yeah, okay, I know that one. That's a good school. You enjoy it there? Yep. Fantastic. And what grade are you in? What year? Oh. What year? Do you say year or grade? See, I'm an oldie, so I say grade. Year four, grade four. Grade four, year four. And is that good fun? Yep. Do you keep in contact with your, with your other schoolmates while, while this is on? Yeah, we have a um, meet and greet every day. Every oh, day. Fabulous. It's not the same, but you're, you're learning how to accept that. It's the way it is at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So we all have to just go along with it. Yeah. And what about your little sister? Is she there? Uh, she's she's on. A, she's actually on a Zoom call at the moment. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. That's okay. That's, that's fine. Good. All right. Well, look, thanks, Lenny. That's been fabulous just saying good day. And you, you make the most of it. Yeah. All right. No worries. I heard Hi. Mum say no She's worries. She's on a mission. <laughs> That's okay, great. you're on a mission. Go I'm back and enjoy shy. your little fort. And I think this is one of the um, difficult things, or not difficult, but skills that kids have to learn. Sorry, is it okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, sorry, I was having trouble with the um, phone. Um, one of the things that kids have to learn, they're, they're not that great on the phone and things, Um children and I think we're expecting them to talk in the same way and it's kind of working out right how can we actually work with kids or talk to kids and keep them engaged so I know lots of families are enjoying doing drawing together or having trivia so that um, grandparents or whoever has questions to ask the kids that they can engage with yes yes that's good well we're old enough we're quite a bit older than you I think Eddie told you how old we are we're at the <laughs> we're in the vintage where um well, I know myself for one. I was at a Catholic college, oh. and that if you talked, if you asked funny questions or you you talked up, you were told to shut up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and one of the quotes from a, one of the one of the brothers, I won't call them what their full name is. But one of the brothers oh. used to say, "Don't ask, don't ask questions. Read books." And in the wow, long run, it turned out to be a to be a good good thing for me absolutely um but yeah to not be able to ask questions and not to be able to talk publicly was something that uh, we were not taught how to talk and so once oh. again the engaging is different i think the engaging is a lot better Mm. Mm, absolutely and I think it's really difficult not to talk about like so reading books is a wonderful thing I'd always recommend that but not being able to ask questions and talk about those ideas in the books really limits people's learning and you can't you don't yes for sure you don't know if, if you've got a question you sort of think well will I ask it or won't I and will, yeah, you, will you learn the answer or not mm. and I think curiosity is a wonderful thing to be able to encourage that in kids and really um, sit down and have those conversations and they're so funny once they get started yeah I agree it's they sure are. 
With the uh, with what you're doing, it's a um, what sort of people are you expecting to call you? You're not a crisis centre, are you? No, we're not a crisis centre. Um, we do have crisis services at Colac Area Health, including um, uh, Orange Door for family violence and a whole range of different things. And I think that's important to mention that we do have some crisis services. Uh, but we tend to really, it's problem solving and also looking for strength. So we might have conversations with families about the things that they do really well and they might not have thought about that. Like they might just be worried about, you know, all the things that we're not doing so well and focusing on that and having just a really gentle conversation to be able to explore what's working for them and find those really gold nuggets is a, a nice thing to be able to do with families. So we're doing a lot of that, but also having some strategies about routines and what that can look like um, can be something that we can provide as well. So as it sounds as though you're able to refer to, to other agencies as well, even through the crisis we're going through at the moment? Absolutely. And what's great about Colac, um, and I've worked in um, a range of other places in Melbourne and Broome and Alice Springs, and uh, yeah. Colac really has a, a great variety of services and some very committed and creative staff members like I'm so impressed with the staff team and the nurses and everyone across the board uh, I think we're very lucky to have the services that we have in Colac in terms of providing for the community and they may be looking different at the moment but they're still there so um, reach out. Okay when we reach out numbers that um, I know that you'd like us to give out uh, mm. you've got your your number, the intake there is a yes. line for uh, Colic Area Health is 1300 763 254. And of course, there's always Lifeline on 131114. And Beyond Blue is a good resource. Um, and you can just all you have to do is you look up Blue, uh, Beyond Blue, and uh, they've got numbers, and their website is really quite incredible. So, uh, it really is. And I think um, a lot of the agencies like Beyond Blue or Kids Helpline have been quite agile and um, responsive to this current times. So there's tip sheets on there and a whole range of different activities and resources. And it is different because I, I don't know about you guys, but I really like to go in and actually talk to someone and have that experience. So we're having to ask for help in different ways, which can be a bit scary. Yeah. So we're encouraging all the families and kids and really anyone that we talk to to just use those numbers, even if they're not in crisis, Use them if there's just some, you know, just have a chat even so that they've had an experience of ringing the helpline and having a discussion and knowing that it's not so scary because once you've done it the first time, it's a bit easier, so we're more likely to do it. That's the thing we talked about and we've talked in, in regards that with, the, as I say, with, with the conversations we've had with Merrin and also with Maud oh. where oh. it is making that first step or taking that oh. first step is correct, isn't it, Ed? It's very much so. And I, I know oh. people, even to get together with others around, you know, different issues. Oh. It could be AOD issues or sexual abuse or anything else. Oh. The, the first thing of coming together is is the anxiety. Will I go to that lunch or oh. won't I? Will I won't I? But turning up is fabulous. So yeah, many Eddie, people that love you and support you. There is, and mm. I think one of the things about this whole crisis is we're looking, you know, how do we support each other, and we're really thinking a lot about that, I think, mm. as a society. I think that's one of the, I guess, the silver linings, um, even though they're hard, it's hard to find them sometimes, but that silver lining of looking out for our, you know, looking out for our neighbours and looking out for our friends and family, but also making those gestures to people maybe we wouldn't have in terms of, you know, even in the supermarket, still social distancing, but really smiling and engaging in that way could make someone's day if they haven't been out for a week. Mm. 
That's sure can. That sure can. Yep. Oh, absolutely. We've got we've got a couple of things now that I'm going to really put you on the spot. I don't think I talked sure. to you about music, did I? <laughs> you know what? You did mention it briefly, but I actually forgot all about it, and I didn't actually. <laughs> but yes, you were saying a song. And you better music? get two. You better get two because Linny might want to put one. Linny or your other, which other daughter's name? <laughs> Frankie. Linny and Frankie might want. To, maybe that's why I thought it would, Frankie was a boy. Oh, look, I'd imagine so. The unisex names, and um, they often, whenever I ring up for an appointment or something, they say, "Oh, is they a boy or a girl?" I'm like, oh, yep. two little girls. Well, I'm very much an Eddie. Yep. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't want to say this, but I've got a half pappy, half pappy on, and half toy poodle who's also called Eddie. Oh, oh, I had a poodle. That's beautiful. I love it. Named oh, after me. <laughs> the best little dog. I when, had a poodle. Oh, one yeah. thing, when we first started broadcasting, well, I started broadcasting, Edwina had come along and, and spent a lot of time in the studio but not talk. Right. And so I'd quite often refer to her as Eddie. <laughs> I love Eddie. I and think yeah, but people. Yeah, but people thought that Eddie was my, you know, my partner was Eddie, and they thought right. that Eddie was a bloke as well. Yeah. <laughs> so presumption is just something that just people like, shouldn't do. Hey, people thinking, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's good to have a diversity of voices, I think. It <laughs> is. Well, look, well, and, but I did, when you said about thinking about a song, what was funny, the first song that popped into my head, I was going to go back and listen to the lyrics because um, I thought whether it's a pro, but the first thing that popped in my head was the Beatles song, Let It Be. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's part of, because I've been thinking a lot about um, really trying to regulate myself before I respond because otherwise you're at risk of reacting when you're under times of pressure. So um, I think Let It Be was it kind of cycled through my head last night after you'd asked that question, so I think that might be my song. Okay, well, we'll go out with that. But before we go out, I must just remind anyone that if you've got symptoms of COVID-19, um, which would be fever, coughing, sore throat, fatigue, shortness of breath, that um, you've got, you guys have got a, um, a COVID-19 clinic, haven't you? Yes, we have. Um, it's at the front of the hospital. So everyone's going through the acute ward at the moment. But at the front of the hospital, we have the COVID clinic and you can uh, ring the number that's on the door or sometimes it's manned, depending on demand. Um, and people can present there as well. Okay, well, I've got a number for that. With it Fantastic. 5232. Five four zero two, and that's from eleven a.m. to seven p.m. So that's the one. And you, you ring up, or you, you, if you park and you park the car outside, what's a go there though? You, you can park the car outside, but it's best to ring up first. That way, you can talk through the risk factors and see if, if you need to come and get tested. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, now, does, if you want, do you want to get Linny or one of, what's a, one of the songs that the youngins are like? Do you know what? They've actually disappeared. But okay. I am going to tell you, um, do you know what they love? They love Give Me a Home Among the Gum Trees. Oh, okay. Give Me a Home Among the Gum Trees. That's Everyone enough. loves that one. We actually travelled around Australia the year before last. We spent 10 months travelling central and uh, top end and then round past Broome and Western Australia and we played that song quite a lot and made up little songs about it of Caravan Park so that was a fun memory. All right, we'll we'll be slipping that one into the program as well. That sounds like a great adventure. I'd love to hear about... We were very lucky, I think. We had 10 months off and did that and worked in Broome for a short time. I worked for Headspace up there with young people. And um, I, I feel very blessed that we got to do that before we came back. Fabulous. Now, yeah. Would you know a Tony Van Hammond? 
I do know Tony Van Pammond. Yeah. Hi, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do in Alice Springs? Uh, so I went to Alice Springs when I was in my mid-20s when I was doing my social work degree and I worked for remote mental health. Oh, I love that place. That's, oh, is, that's the too. heart of our country. It sure is, and mm. it's just Uluru is just such a spectacular and all the West McDonald Ranges. I, oh, yeah. I really love it too, Eddie. I would love to go back there again. Me too. Oh. Uh, well, Tony Van Hemmen's a buddy of ours from way back from when she was... Um, one of the little people here in uh, Headspace Geelong to oh, right. bigger person in Headspace and now she's with the NDIA. Oh, wow, yeah. No, look, she's a fantastic operator. I just know her through uh, in a work capacity, but um, fantastic operator. Sure is. Well, anyway, when, I'll tell her we've had a yarn with the next time we see her. All right, Tamara. Thanks very much. We've been talking with Tamara Holmes from Colic Area Health. And, yeah, she's a social worker. She didn't stand like much, but boy, did she do a lot. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.